0: Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm glad you joined us today. Uh, we've been in the book of Ephesians since last, October the 7th. Here it is, October the 27th, I believe, uh, this year. Uh, this will be our 51st session, and uh, today is the 27th, yes, of October 2017. And so it's taken us almost a year to get... Through the whole book or the letter to the church at Ephesus, and uh, we have uh, really had a great time in this in this uh, book, in this letter rather to the church, and uh, the Lord has ministered to me many times as we've studied this one book over the last year. And I'm just thankful for what he said and what he's shown us. And and I know we're not done yet, but we're pushing through. We're trying to uh, get through Uh, today. I I don't know if we will or not. We might. Uh, And I'm excited about, you know, the very end of this book. It's always encouraging to read anything that the Lord gave the Apostle Paul to write to us. And that's who he wrote it to. And... Paul was locked up in, in prison in Rome when he wrote this letter. And, and still, by the Spirit of God was, was uh, moved to have a heart for the people of God and, and to make sure that everything was going like it should be going for the church. You see, God is the church. If God can get uh, the church functioning right, then through the church, God can reach out and do things. He can, he can save a lost world. And uh, he can also encourage, edify one another in the church through each other, through our faithfulness to Him, and and, and and the church find itself walking in the power of God and, and being changed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so, I'm excited about what we've heard, what we've been hearing, and what the Lord's been saying to us, and I know today's not going to be any different. Before we get started, I'd just like to, since I have a couple laying here, uh, just put my book on the screen again, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. This is derived from Psalms 33 and 4, 15 will get you your copy. We're mailing them all over the country, so uh, just send a check or money order to the physical address that's here, 16 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572, or you can just donate right at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, little 62-page booklet that I promise you will bring much clarity uh, of the Scriptures to your heart, and I thank God for that little booklet. comes from Quite a bit of teaching we did here at Crossway Church, so I'm thankful. I get a little more thankful every day about what Jesus means to me all he's done for me. So let's go ahead and pray this morning and ask the Lord to bless us with a greater revelation of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time that we're able to share the word of God and hear the word of the Lord. Lord, I pray that we will uh, take advantage of what you're offering today. And Lord, we won't sit back and we won't just, Lord, say, well, it doesn't really matter. God, you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. Lord, I pray that you reveal to your people that you, everything you do will be in and through your people. And I pray for a greater revelation of Jesus today that our hearts would be charged by the Holy Spirit, that we would be quickened, Lord, back to life again, that we would find that resurrection power, that we would literally take it to heart that the Word of God is to us, individually and corporately as a local church. Your Word was spoken to us through men by your Spirit. And I'm asking you, Lord, just to to give us that good daily bread today that you've uh, so desired that we have. And we thank you for it all in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, I think last week we ended up in verse eighteen, chapter six, verse eighteen. And I'm not going to go back and and teach on that verse again. If you missed it, note it all. Uh, these teachings are uploaded on YouTube, my YouTube channel at Curtis Hutchinson 316, and they're also on our website. there it is, the Crossway Church. Just click on the uh, cross time button. Uh, there's other buttons there, like you know, like our sermons, and that's our church sermons, and then there's there's another button uh, together in truth where we've made a few episodes concerning sanctification and repentance that would help you greatly, and so uh, these again these these uh, teachings are being uploaded. Uh, on the YouTube channel and our website. So uh, I'm excited. The one reason I'm excited about getting through the book of Ephesians is because uh, we soon after are going to start the book of Galatians. And it's a great letter also to a church, uh, not just the church of Galatia, but also to us today. So, verse 18, chapter 6, Ephesians, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching. Thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. For anybody to say that Christianity is boring, well, they just don't understand Christianity. It's a full-time job. It's a full-time opportunity. Uh, to pray and to watch for the things the Lord is doing not only in us but through us and also in the church corporately. We need to know what's going on, Uh, not only uh, in the world but in the church uh, so that when things crop up of men, we'll know it's of men. When things uh, are happening of the Spirit of God, we'll know it's of the Spirit of God. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that uh, it's called the discerning of spirits and we should be able to operate in that. I should know when somebody's ...teaching the Word, if they're teaching based on their opinion or their thoughts or if they're they're actually teaching the revelation of Jesus Christ using God's Word. And it's not hard to do. It's very easy to do. But it's it's a full-time occupation... A vocation, the Bible calls it, to walk with the Lord. It's not boring. It's very exciting. It's the greatest thing anybody will ever have going on the planet is to be a Christian and to be walking with the Lord, trusting in the Lord, experiencing Him changing them and Him blessing people through them. Amen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, not just the ones you go to church with, not just your family, for all saints. God bless you. all over the world, even those that, and we pray it all the time, Lord, even your church, which is 99.9% found under the law today, bound under the law, not understanding sanctification, therefore they're bound under the law, preachers preaching law, Lord, bless them too. Bring them out, God, bring them back out so that you can bless them. Pray for all the saints, not just your little local gathering assembly, which is so easy to do, amen? Amen. He says in verse 19, this is where we'll really get into today. And for me, Paul says, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Not just to be bold, but but to have the boldness to make known the mystery of the gospel. And that, that's really uh, what our boldness is for. The Bible teaches in Hebrews that it's, by the blood that we have boldness to enter into the throne room of God the gra- the throne of grace to get help and, and to find mercy in our time of trouble but, but listen boldness only comes through faith in the blood without faith in the cross alone there will not be a boldness there might be a mean boldness there when somebody pushes you up against the wall and says well are you saved or aren't you well yes I'm saved and, you know and But that's just, you know, the Bible doesn't call for us having to be pushed up against the wall and somebody having to come and ask us, are we saved, to admit it. Our lives should show it. Our speech should bear witness that we are the children of God. Every person that meets us (coughs) excuse me, should know that we're the children of God. Jesus taught that if we had love one to another, the world would know that we are disciples of Christ. Praise God. So, He says, and Paul's saying, don't just pray for all the saints, pray for me too, that I may find the boldness to open my mouth and make known the mystery of the gospel. See, and let me say it, I think we touched on it a little bit last week, but it takes boldness to share the gospel. And again, I'm not talking about an obnoxious meanness. I'm talking about it takes a boldness just to break away from the snare of the devil, to break away from the snare of my own flesh, and the snare that's there, always the snare that's there, the fear of man. What will man think of me? We're too worried today, the church is as a whole too worried about what people are going to think about me if I give them the gospel, if I put the gospel on the table preaching that they're going to heaven because they do this because they do that and I, it takes a boldness to step in and put the truth before you uh, and we talked a little bit about it last week that there's always that, that moment where you have to break through you have to break through that 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 wall that's always there it's always there because there's there's always that uh, the attack, the push, the resistance, if you will, of the devil himself and our flesh teamed up together against us sharing the gospel. To have a church where you're preaching the cross from the pulpit constantly, you've got to understand there's a constant resistance there. There's a constant resistance for people to show up faithfully in a house like that. Some two or three, four years ago, I wondered why the people in these non-spirit filled churches the people in these churches where they're not preaching the message of the cross they're just preaching how to be a team player how to be a winner they're preaching the Texas Rangers the Dallas Cowboys they're preaching everything but the cross and 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 and, and they got people there that be there ladies been working the nursery 40 years ain't missed a sunday same people teaching sunday school never miss a sunday they're faithful and for a long for years i wondered why in the world can't we get folk like that and somebody I, i made that comment and somebody just told me one day they said you know what there's no resistance where they are there is no resistance. There's no message that the enemy is resisting there. If you're teaching how to be a team player, how to be a a winner, how to all these things if you're teaching law and not pointing people to the cross using God's word, there's no resistance of the enemy. He's got the whole congregation trapped under law and he has no need to do anything because under law is right where he wants us to go back to. Because under law Christ can't affect us. He can't profit us. So, you know, there's a resistance and we have to break through that you know there's been people through the years I've preached this message they've come in they've given big money week after week and all of a sudden they step into a place and they and they start trying to do things they shouldn't be doing in the church and there's that there's that there's that moment when I have the thought, well, should I say anything? Well, if I do, they're probably going to leave and take their money with them. Oh, no. But you know what? The Lord says it's not about money. It's about the gospel. Keep putting it on the table. But You know, because you're going to stand before me one day, says the Lord. And it's not going to be what you did because of what man thought. It's going to be about what you did based on what I gave you to do. And there's always, forever person that, you know, I tell people all the time when they say, well, you know, I, if I speak, I'd be nervous. I say, man, I'm nervous every time I speak. Every time. Well, you can't tell it. Well, who cares what you can tell? It's always there. There's that fear and trembling, that, that, that fear. We're going to have to switch mics. Huh? Okay. So we're going to switch mics. Mm. Praise the Lord. So, how are we now? Forgive us if you can't hear us. We're good, you say. All right, we'll get back into it here in just a minute. All right, praise God. We're good now? All right, thank you for that, Brother Terry. Praise the Lord. We'll press through. So there's always that resistance. There's always that temptation not to tell somebody the gospel rather uh, than just, to you know, well, I just, well, I need to keep the peace here. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about keeping peace. The Bible talks about peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Peace, peacekeepers will avoid uh, the gospel. But peacemakers, uh, you know how we make peace? By putting the gospel on the table. To to have a boldness, Jesus made our peace by the blood of his cross, Colossians 1.20. Listen, if you're watching, you don't listen very often, or this may be the first time you've tuned in, take notes. Go look these scriptures up I'm giving you. We make peace... By producing the gospel. We're not called to keep peace. We're called to make peace. And when we make peace, it means we're presenting the gospel because Jesus made that peace for us through the blood of his cross. Amen. So there's always that resistance and Paul knew that more than anybody Paul is, man, they're after Paul. There's one story about they're coming to kill him. He has to be hidden in a basket, let down out of a window and to escape. There's another time when he's he's taken outside of town. He's, he's stoned. He's left for dead. And The next day, he gets right back up, goes back into town to preach the gospel again because God, the Holy Ghost, was giving him a boldness to preach this gospel. It's a necessity in your family. It's such a necessity that God wants us to focus on the value of a soul more than the value of our relationship with people. See, Jesus didn't go to the, he he didn't, you know, he could have at any time said, you know what, this looks crazy. They're never going to believe it. This is not going to work. We got to find another way. I'm coming down off this cross to show them because look, they're hollering at me. You know, if you are the son of God, come down. So I'm going to prove to them I'm the son of God. I'm going to come down. No, that would have been uh, giving away to the fear of man, man's value. But if you'll remember Peter following Jesus and, and, and Jesus said, we're going to Jerusalem. Peter said, oh no, we're not. Going to Jerusalem, they'll crucify you, they'll kill you there. And Jesus turned around and said, Get behind me, Satan. Because Peter had valued the fear of man, the value of man's thinking, his own thinking, rather than the plan of God. The plan of God is that Jesus came, gave his life for sinners, and that we continue today to have a boldness to share that just like Paul did. So uh, as Paul asked for prayer, I'm asking for your prayer that you would continue to pray for us to have this boldness, to make known the mystery. Because, you know, uh, salvation uh, through the cross of Christ is really not a mystery anymore. Anymore. the Old Testament's been revealed all in Christ having fulfilled the law and the scriptures coming alive in him through what he did at Calvary but uh the 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 word of God in truth the, the the salvation that comes through the cross in daily living, the sanctification, it's still a mystery to the big part of the church out there. I mean, most all of the church has no idea about the, the message of the cross for sanctified living, holy living. They have no idea. That's why uh, they keep preaching uh, new fads. They keep writing new books. If you'll do these three things, then God will give you the power. The Bible says if we believe on his name, he'll give us the power. So it's, not, it's still a great mystery for sanctification, although it's not in America for Christianity. Well, there's still a huge void there because a lot of people think you gotta do something to get saved instead of just believe on Christ. So there is a breakthrough we have to have as, even as Christians. It doesn't just come naturally as a child of God to be able to go and share the gospel. You have to break through this flesh that you're still living in. Amen, so uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel and I believe that we can use verse 19 to show that God moves on the behalf of prayers, the prayers of, God, of his people. Paul's asking for prayer. I need you to pray for me that I'd have the boldness to make known the mystery of this gospel. And he's, he, he knows that prayer, uh, when, peop, when the people of God pray, God moves on what they're praying. And the whole New Testament teaches that. The prayers of the righteous avail much. And the Bible teaches if you, Jesus taught, if you ask my father anything in my name, I'll do it. So here Paul knows he needs the boldness. He's locked up in, in prison in Rome. He needs the boldness to say what needs to be said. He's still asking for this boldness. He still needs it, but he's asking the people to ask God on his behalf because he knows the Lord hears the church and they pray. Amen. You remember the story of, of the church, early church praying for Peter. He was locked up in prison and the Lord had them praying for Peter and, and the Lord brought Peter out of prison miraculously. Praise God. Prayer is not the answer, but it is a proof that we are calling on God. We're trusting our Father that He is able to do things on our behalf when we're being prayed for. Prayer is an important thing as we've talked about in this uh, teaching in Ephesians. We brought the scripture in that Peter wrote if you, a certain place it men, if you don't treat your wives right, your prayers will be hindered. So see, it, it's got a lot to do with how we live, what our focus is, what our, the object of our faith is because if my faith is not in the cross, I'll never be able to treat my wife right and if I can't treat her right, my prayers will always be hindered. You see that. So prayer is important. Prayer is not the answer. My faith in the cross is the answer and the Holy Spirit through that will be allowed to work in me, through me, keep directing my path so my feet stays on the right path, my heart stays pure before the Lord. Amen. And then I'll know to pray and I'll know to ask people for prayer. Nothing wrong with asking people to pray for you. Some people don't ask people to pray for them because they, well, I don't want them to know my business. And I There is some wisdom in who you do ask to pray for you. You ask certain people to pray for you and they're going to go call everybody they know and talk about you. You don't ask those people to pray for you, but you do ask some people to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There's some people that just not mature enough, even though they're sitting under the message of the cross, they, they're they in church every week, the doors are open, but they, they, they're they not mature enough to keep their mouth shut about your business. Amen, Brother Curtis. So I don't just ask anybody to pray for me. Amen. I don't let just anybody lay hands on me. Amen. So, praise God. So he he's asking here, and he, he's focused on... Uh, Really two things uh, for himself. Pray for me that I'd be able to open my mouth boldly so that I could make known the mystery of the gospel. Not just be bold enough to tell people I'm saved or where I go to church, but the boldness is given to the church to make known the way of the Lord the way of Christ and, and the cross. That's what boldness is for. Boldness is not there just to admit you're saved every once in a while when somebody pushes you to it. Boldness is there only to those who have their faith in the blood. Not had, have. Amen. Now faith is, the substance. Hallelujah. Amen. That faith wasn't, faith is. Faith Now faith is the substance. Amen. So, and so, So it's not just for everybody. He's he's saying pray for but pray for me. I need this boldness to make the mystery of the gospel known and uh, this, this truth that's hidden in God's word through the ages, not from man, but for man. Listen, the word of God, we've had the word of God down through the ages. And the old covenant was all about Christ. He showed up in John 5:39 and said it. You search the scriptures in them, you say you have life. They are they which testify of me. But it was a mystery all through the ages. And very few people, even through the ages, would keep their faith in a coming redeemer. Even among Israel, the whole house of Israel, Paul, listen, Paul showed up and said, not all Israel is Israel. It was those who had their faith in the promise and the promise was fulfilled by the seed of the woman coming. Christ being born of a virgin, being sinless and becoming our sin-bearing offering on the cross. And that, my friend, is what the mystery was, was in the old covenant and the prophets didn't understand it they didn't know it even though it was written out that he would suffer for us and that we would uh, you know accuse him smitten of god and uh, you know god's striking smiting him he's not the son of god it was all written there that he was bruised and wounded for our sins and iniquities but they couldn't grasp it they they couldn't understand it until jesus showed up and fulfilled it on the cross <laughs> <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit would be able to give them to all who believe and the understanding of the Lord would come. But it was a mystery up until then. And even at that point, until God gave the apostle Paul the, the, the revelation of the cross, the other fellows didn't even know it. I heard Brother Larson say another day, man, it took the church, it took the apostles 11 years after, 11 years after Christ left. They, did, they still didn't know the Gentiles could be saved. So that tells you right there, they, they still didn't understand the revelation of the cross, but God gave it to Paul and Paul showed up and they begin to accept Paul and that Paul was having a revelation of the Spirit of God and they accepted that and, and it's pretty amazing that uh, it was a mystery, but God never keeps anything from His people. He always wants to share everything with His people. Jesus said before He left, I have told you everything the Father has given me to tell you. Everything that the Father sent me to tell you and to do, it's been done. It's finished. And the Lord has always been that way. When He was about to remove and totally destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, He said, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to do anything unless I tell my friend, Abraham. God's always going to tell those, His people who are listening to Him, what is about to happen. And that's why He gave us the Scriptures. He led us all the way to Calvary in the Scriptures. He led us to Calvary. We didn't understand it. We didn't get it, but it was there. Now we understand it because the veil has been ripped away from our hearts. We've been given eyes to see. We behold the glory. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians three eighteen. As face to face, as we behold that glory, we're being changed into that same image by the Spirit of God. Praise God. Thank the good Lord in heaven for revealing this mystery. But not everybody knows it. It's still a mystery to the, a, a huge part of this earth. Even though Titus says that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, that refers to God, what God does. He doesn't hide it from people. He hides it for people. But you've got to want it to go get it. You've got to believe it. It's never God never says, I'll give it to you. And then you can see. He says, first, you've got to believe it to see it, not see it to believe it. You've got to believe to see. The proof of that is what he told Nicodemus. You can't enter the kingdom of heaven or even see it until you are born again. And that comes only through believing. Amen? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 through 9. Uh, Paul here, and we're talking about him asking for prayer to speak boldly the mystery of the gospel. And he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world, before the world, unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. Now watch, he's about to reveal what the mystery was. Had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The hidden wisdom of God, the mystery. If they would have known it, if they would have had the wisdom of God, if they would have known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. And we need to make a reference on that while I'm here making that, reading this. It's those that love the Lord that obtain the things the Lord is offering. Nobody else. Nobody else. Jesus taught in John 14, it's those that love Him that Him and the Father will come and make their abode in them and manifest themselves to Him. Those that love Him, Jesus taught, are the ones doing my commandments, Not the one that say they know I should be. They're, they're, they're off track, they're not in the picture. The, the ones who experience God are the ones who are the ones who love God are the ones who are obeying God. And I hear ministers all the time saying, well, I know they love God. That's really when we really stop and we really think about that, We've got to ask ourselves, can somebody really love God if they're not even born again? No. No, you you can know there's a God and you can have some kind of effectual emotion for someone that you think is God, but when you don't go through the cross to God, through Christ and what he did at Calvary to God, the only way to God, then you don't know God really. So if you don't know God, you really can't love God. Amen. You can't love someone you don't know yet and you don't know him except through the cross alone. Somebody that thinks they've got to do this to be saved or do that to be saved proves they don't know God. The God they know is a God who demands they work for salvation. Our God says Christ, His Son, He sent, finished the work, did the work, and now we're His workmanship. We don't work for salvation. He put it in the Word. We're not saved by works, but by grace through faith. Praise God. And they worship a God that demands them work. That's not my God. So they can't love God. They love some kind of God, but not our God, not the God of the Bible. I'm just teaching straight Bible this morning. I'm just bringing out some things that we need to know. When somebody says they love God, but they're out there doing everything contrary to God, they, don't, they might have at one time loved God, they, but they're not loving God now. Amen. Jesus tells a story in Luke about a, a Pharisee inviting him into his house. And when he comes in, also a woman of the city, which probably means a prostitute shows up and she cries and wa- washes Jesus's feet with her tears and dries his feet with her hair and brings an alabaster box and anoints him with oil and, and Jesus points this woman out. And the, the end of the story, Jesus makes a point here. He says, he that loves much, he that's been forgiven much, loves much. It's only as we look at Calvary to see how much we've been forgiven do we love much. Amen. And we can grow in our love for God, but the point I was making earlier, if you, listen, if you still think salvation is by works, you don't know God yet. That's right. So you can't love God. You're loving something, but not God. Amen. 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 It's when you really see what God has done for you in His Son at the cross That's what the woman saw. She saw Jesus is the redeemer. He's the one God sent to forgive me of my sins and I'm going to worship him because obviously if he is the one, I'm forgiven and I love him. Hallelujah. And she didn't care what people thought. Those who love God are serving God and they don't care what people think. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So, and we'll see this again here in just a few minutes if we can make it through today. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. We've used this scripture throughout the years to try to talk about all kind of things, but the context of this scripture, eye has not seen, ears not heard, uh, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. He's talking about the cross. We could have never seen that. We could have never understood that. We could have never heard that. We would have have never believed that. And the proof is in the pudding, my friend. It was written about, and when he showed up, they wouldn't accept him. Because I, I wasn't seeing what God was trying to get them to see. Their ears wasn't hearing what God was trying to get them to hear. But he's talking about the cross. He's talking about those that love God are going to be those that come through Calvary to get to him because they've accepted God loved them so much he did it all for them. He gave his son to die for me not so that I could add to it to make it complete but that he completed me in Christ on the cross through his death. Amen. Praise God for that. I don't have to work to go to heaven. He did the work for me. He fought the fight for me. He ran the race for me. He overcame for me. Jesus did it all. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad I know that. I'm so thankful I know that. Paul says in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador. That word means a representative. It means uh, to represent. I heard that years ago. I've loved that ever since. We are here as children of God to represent Christ. That's what your daily life is about. To represent Christ. We're caught up in our job. We're caught up in our this or that, families, money, vacations, and we think we got all these things. Listen, those are all good things. But in the midst of all those things, and hear me very closely, every day, every day, We are to represent Christ. The world is to see Christ in us and through us. Praise God. He says, for which I am an ambassador, a representative in bonds. He's locked up in prison. He says that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Here we are again. He brings up this boldness he needs again. Because it is very important to understand and I know I've talked about it last week, already this week, and I'm going to talk about it some more. You and I have got to learn how to trust God to break through that heavy wall that's there that's keeping you from sharing the gospel. It is there, my friend. You hear false doctrine and you be quiet because you've let that wall look bigger than your God. And, 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 it's, and it's what what is there and it's working, and I don't care who disagrees, you're just lying to yourself if you disagree. There's the fear of man there that we're operating under, bound by it, even as children of God, and we should be under, living under the fear of God. Those are two different things. The fear of man, I value what man thinks above what God thinks. Or I'm under the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord has got a hold of my heart. The value of God in my life is greater than what man thinks. We only operate in one of two places. I value what God thinks greater than people or I value what people think greater than God. One of those Things keeps us paralyzed. It's called a snare, a trap of the enemy. When we value more what people say than what God says, we're under the fear of man, and it's a place where we're paralyzed. We cannot be used by God. Jesus taught that. Jesus taught that. He said, "If you, if you listen, if you're after the honor of men, you can't serve God. You can't serve God if you value what men think." And Paul came along and would even say it later. He he would say, listen, if I was serving man, I couldn't be preaching the cross. I couldn't be serving Christ like I am. And that was the whole attack on Paul's life. Listen, we don't care that you minister. You just got to quit preaching. That's the only way. You got to quit preaching and it's the cross alone. You got to keep the law, man. You got to let the law stay there. And Paul said, listen, the law, man, Jesus came and fulfilled the law. He needed a boldness to break through that. We need a boldness to break through the heaviness that's there. People send me messages almost weekly. How do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? And the reason, listen, I'm not being ugly, but the reason they have to ask me those questions is because there's that wall there. That wall there. And listen, the stories of the Old Testament are very alive in our lives today. That's why the New Testament tells us to go back and read and study the, old, the scriptures uh, because... Th- we can learn from them. Listen, I don't want to be one that's, that's sent out every day and come back every night and say, "Well, they were just too big for us, man. That, they were just too big. They, the, the, the. We were like, man, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. I just couldn't do that. No, I, I, can't. I can't witness like that. I, I, I'm not. I'm not a preacher. I, you know, I don't. All these excuses. And really, the the reality is this: I'm letting my flesh overcome the spirit of God. I'm letting my flesh overrule, not overcome, but really overrule what the Spirit of God wants to do in my life. Well, that's just not me, Brother Curtis. I'm, you know, I, that's just not me. God, Listen, God removed that attitude at the cross. And when we come to the cross, we get a whole new attitude. We get a whole new holy boldness. I'm not talking about a meanness. Bless God. You're going to believe it or I'm just going to push it. That's not boldness. That's ridiculous, obnoxious meanness. Boldness is just being able to tell the truth in a calm voice when it needs to be told. Boldness ain't about getting up and screaming the gospel or, or preaching in some powerful way. Listen, if that's, if that's you, well, whatever, but listen, that ain't bold. Boldness is just not being bound by the fear of man and being able to put the truth on the table when it's needed to be there without fear gripping your heart, paralyzing you, and keeping not only you bound, but the people who need to hear the truth you've got to offer bound. And that's the way we need to see it. Listen, he needed a boldness because he knew the world was lost. We need a boldness today because we know the world is lost. We need a boldness today among the church people because we know the church is bound under law. People get mad. They say, well, all you do is talk about the church is bound and nobody's preaching right but you. And you know what? We don't ever say that. We don't ever. But that's what people hear because their hearts aren't right with God. Let me tell you something, my friend, and never forget this. When you come back to Calvary, when you allow God to bring you in your broken heart back to Calvary and your heart will break one day if you've been thinking that this was right and that was right, when when God finally gets you to a place where you have to be broken and contrite of spirit, not just in verbal, but your heart is broken and he's able to bring you back to the cross, the only place where uh, humility can be found in grace given, you're going to see on every page of the New Testament warnings. You're going to understand that every promise that God gives comes with a warning. John three has got a warning of perishing in it. The first promise he gave to man you are free to eat all the trees in the garden except don't eat of that tree. You'll die when you do. And everything, when you come back to Calvary, you're going to see a warning on every single page, every single page of the New Testament. You're going to see See, God trying to edify and keep his people, strengthen and give us wisdom, but you're also going to see warnings against those that won't walk this way, my friend, of being cut off, of being uh, slaughtered by each other, backbiting and killing and envy and strife, bringing rottenness to the bones and every evil work. You're going to see warnings on every page. So don't get mad at us for constantly teaching the truth which requires showing what's also not the truth. Here's why, that we have to show what's not the truth and who's not preaching the truth. Because let's just, just imagine this morning and I know I've said that many times what I'm about to tell you but if people wander in a church that God has been able to get back on track and bring out of a bunch of garbage that's in the church today and he's got them using his word to, to point to Christ and what he did at Calvary and, and, and people are coming in the church and, and we never point out the false things that are out there that are all over television it seems like man, where most of the money is is where most of the false doctrine is Because the devil finances everything but the message of the cross. And these people come in the church and they sit there and you never tell them what's wrong. Even though you're telling them what's right. Which I don't believe people are really without the warning. But you never tell them what's wrong. Well, I just just don't want to sound like any other ministers because I hear people griping about them all the time. So I'm I'm just not going to tell anybody what's wrong with all these ministers. I'm just going to tell them the truth and and allow the Holy Spirit to, to give them the truth. Let me tell you what's wrong with that. First of all, the Spirit of God warned us on all the pages of the New Testament. So it should come forth because as I've already said, God warns along with giving the promises. If you hearken unto to me, wow, look at a boatload of blessings. Remember Deuteronomy? But if you don't hearken to me, wow, man, a shipload of curses. We don't ever tell what's wrong. If we don't ever tell all these ministers, if we don't name them and point them out that are preaching false doctrines and, and trying to put people, God's people under the law, here's what'll happen even though they come in and they're listening to the message of the cross. They'll try to mix all that stuff with the cross. And they'll leave shortly after because this will be their testimony. Well, the cross didn't work for me. And it don't work for you, my friend. Because the Spirit of God, when we say the cross won't work, we're not talking about a tree. We're talking about Jesus Christ affecting us and profiting us, Galatians 5, 1 through 4, by the Spirit of God who is God that won't work in our lives unless our faith remains in the cross alone. So if I'm believing in the cross, but I'm also believing the power of God comes through me speaking the word or the power of God for deliverance and sanctification comes through me fasting and praying, then you know I'm finally going, I'm finally going to give up because I'm all mixed up and it's the double-minded man. See, God gave us one way so we wouldn't have to be double-minded. God shows us one way, we go one way. But when we begin to get wishy-washy and add the second way and the third way, then we're unstable in all our ways, and God says you can't expect to receive anything of Him. Right. Amen. Everybody, all right this morning. Amen. So we have to warn. No matter what people say, they're going to say, "Well, all they do is." Somebody said about me a few years ago. Said because somebody in our church saw him and said, "Oh yeah, our preacher's preaching the gospel, man. Thank God." And one guy said, "No, he come out of our church. He ain't pre- oh, how can you say he's preaching the gospel? All he did, all he does is talk about us." So see, he hadn't really listened, he just heard. See, so many people out there are just going by what they hear instead of what they really go and hear with their own ears. Amen. So, Paul says here that he's an ambassador in bonds. The reason he's in bonds is because he has chosen to be an ambassador. He's accepted what God's called him to do. And God may not give you the same route physically on this earth. But God has called every person to do what the Apostle Paul was doing. To share the faith. To preach the gospel. Maybe not in a pulpit but in your home, on your job. To share the truth. Every one of us. He says that I may that therein, he's talking about the gospel. Therein, he's talking about the gospel. I may speak boldly Here it comes, as I ought to speak. Now remember, the Spirit of God told Paul what to write down. This is the Word of God through a man. Paul didn't just think this stuff up. So he's telling us here the Lord is trying to get a point to us that the way we ought to be speaking is boldly. Mm -hmm. Not heady, high minded, obnoxious, as I've already pointed out, but just willing. Humbly, because it takes humility to get the grace that will allow you to have the boldness to speak the truth. You've got, listen, the reason when we make excuses to why we can't, it's really an admittance to the rejection of God's grace. See the reality of that? Because grace flowing into your life will flow right through you with words of the gospel with a boldness to tell somebody. Again, I'm not talking about getting up on your table at work and saying, hear ye, hear ye. Lay down your hammers and screwdrivers and listen to me. No. I'm not talking about that boldness. I'm talking about just looking for the opportunity to share the truth. Whether in bonds or at large, Paul felt that the gospel ought always to be spoken with plainness and without the fear of man. 2 Corinthians 3.12 says this. Seeing then. Everybody say seeing then. First you got to see and that only happens through faith right now. Faith in the blood. Not having been given sight at the age of 12 when you got born again, you started seeing then. But because we know Peter wrote that if... We can go blind as children of God if we forget that we were purged from our old sins, which means that, that that scripture does not mean that I have no more recollection that I was saved and forgiven. It means that I've just turned away from that and now I'm trusting something else. I'm using the excuse, well, yeah, the cross got me in, but now it takes this, this, and this. No, I've forgotten that Christ paid it all. Amen. And when I do, Peter wrote, you'll go blind. So watch this. 2 Corinthians 3.12 Seeing then that we have such hope, first of all, you got to see this—that you have such hope. We use great plainness of speech. See, here's the thing about the gospel: it's simple enough for a five-year-old to understand. So, if you leave church and it was all over your head, that either means that you—you did not hear the truth, or it means. That you're so bound in false doctrine that you did not have ears to hear the truth. You wouldn't believe, you wouldn't accept it. Somebody told me recently, uh, I gave them one of these books, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, and they gave it to somebody they know, and they sent word back and said, I'm confused reading that. Let me tell you something, my friend, if you're confused reading this little kindergarten level booklet that just has plain, plain scripture in it with a little comment on it that always points to Christ and what he did at Calvary, it's because you've been so indoctrinated with false doctrine and I know people like that I know children of God saved blood bought Christians on their way to heaven in churches that do not preach this message and when I try to share them the simplicity of Christ this gospel it, they, they, it goes right over their head they, they, they won't it it's not because they can't understand it it's because they refuse to and the reason they refuse to is because they've got their faith in something else now Every person I come across that's got their faith in the cross, they love hearing about the cross. They love hearing the Word of God in that context. But Christians who have their faith really and don't even know it, but they have their faith in money, they love hearing the Scriptures about money because the object of their faith is prosperity financially. Money. And they don't know it. I speak from experience. I was there. Hmm. He says that he ought to be speaking boldly. And anyone who has their faith in the cross will desire this Holy Spirit boldness not only to enter to the throne of grace but also to declare this great truth. There's one thing about ministers who have the revelation of the cross, they're going to preach it. They're going to preach it. Never forget this, and I've mentioned this throughout the last several years. Listen to the preacher. What he's full of will come out. I tell on myself, I tell on all preachers, listen to the preacher, what he's full of will come out. If he talks about money all the time, if he talks about the cross all the time, if he relates the scriptures to money all the time, we tell on ourselves, we show what the object of our faith is. So, and boldness Is something every Christian ought to have a desire for. Now there's a lot of people who've, for a season in their life, they get excited about the Word of God. But then they realize the Lord is trying to conform them. He's trying to change them. He's he's trying to use them. And they begin to back up. They begin to move away. And the reason they back away is because they've still got things in their life to them that are more important than the things of God. And if you're watching me today and you're hearing what I'm saying, and that's you, the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of that, and it's going to break your heart. It's not a sledgehammer from God. I know there are men that follow us around, us cross preachers, and they say all kind of things behind the scenes on Facebook where we can't see them. And they're, after, they're trying, just like the Judaizers of Paul's day, they're trying to get people from following the way of the cross to following them. But we're clinging to the cross. And we will be convicted. Amen. Amen. I, I was watching the broadcast yesterday, the message of the cross yesterday morning. And might I say that every person that claims they know that they love Christ, if you want some good material, if you want to learn the Word of God every morning, uh, 7 o'clock a.m. Central Time, uh, DirecTV 344, Dish TV 257, the message of the cross. Amen. Bible teaching one hour. You need to be there. You need to be there. Christians have a desire to learn the Word of God. Amen. And And Listen, but the reason we don't watch it is because we got other things more important to us when we could be. And I was listening to the broadcast yesterday and the Lord convicted my heart about how we share the gospel, about how we think about other people that don't know this gospel, about how we treat other people. I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit all the time uh, about things in me that need to be changed and will be that way until the day of Christ. That's not an excuse. Well, I'm never going to be perfect here, so bless God, I'll just. No. A, A true Christian wants to be like Jesus, wants to share Jesus. And through the message of the cross, we're learning the reality. And and the power of God to lay these things down that we've exalted above God in our lives and made them idols. So we ought to all learn to to ask God for this boldness. We need to share the gospel. (coughs) Verse 21. (coughs) But that you also may know my affairs and how I do. (coughs) To kick you. Boy, that probably ain't right. To kick us, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord shall make known to you all things. Paul knew how important it was that what God was doing in his life, through his life, his situation, his circumstance, that the people of God that he had started, that he had ministered the truth to, they had an interest in Paul's life. And listen, it's the same way with us. When we hear ministers preaching the gospel and, and, and them coming, things coming against them and them standing through, I mean, that brings encouragement to us. Them knowing that Paul, even though locked up in prison in Rome, was still thinking about them, was still attempting to have boldness to preach this gospel. He wanted them to know about it. Thank God for Facebook today. People can follow us. They can see what God's doing in our churches, what we're preaching. It's no longer uh, you don't you know you don't. It's no longer just hidden to those within the walls. It's man, it's available. You can stream live every service with a little bit of money. It don't take much. I mean, man, six seven hundred dollars, and everybody in the world can see what you're preaching in your pulpit. Every time you get together, you can preach this gospel. You can have, Now, there's a lot of churches that don't want to put out there what they're preaching, but I'm not one of them. What God's given us, I want the world to have it. We don't have some regulations and rules that we have to hide from everybody else because we don't want them to know everything. Not everything we're about. I, listen, here, man, we're transparent here. We want you to know everything. Hallelujah. Nothing is hidden from God. And everything he's given us to do shouldn't be hidden from the world. So we make known to all who will have ears to hear the gospel. And listen, people have been saying bad things about us since we started. They have used to be with us some of them. Now they've gone away from us and saying bad things back. We just still every week ask God to bless them too. Just bless them too. I don't have time to get caught up in all that. You know, we just keep marching on and give you some little uh, history, little notes here about Tachicus, if that's how you say his name, Tychicus. <laughs> we'll never get it right, bless God, <laughs> was of the province of Asia, in Asia Minor, Asia Minor, of which Ephesus was the capital, and you can see this in uh, Acts 20 and verse 4, it It is not improbable that he was of Ephesus and that he was well known to the church there. He also carried the letter to the Colossians, and you can see that in Colossians 4 and 7, and probably the second epistle to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.12. Paul also proposed to send him to Crete to succeed Titus, and that's in Titus 3 and 12. He was high in the confidence of Paul, but it is not known when he was converted or why he was not at Rome. And now those things are interesting. You know, things that went on back in that day. Have Paul, listen, Paul was writing letters in prison, but he had to have somebody out there to take it. It couldn't just fly out the window. I guess God could have floated it out the window and floated it up there and got it somebody. But God again uses people. He uses people for what he's doing. So uh, verse 22 says, Whom I have now, whom I have sent unto you, he's talking about this guy to kick us, unto you for the same purpose, that you might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. I'm comforted when I see what's going on in these other cross-preaching churches. I'm comforted when I see these men of God, these women of God declaring the truth in their pulpits and out on the streets. I'm comforted that God's sending them out and God's using them to send Bibles into the uh, prison system. That God's using them in all the ways and that He continually opens new doors. I'm comforted by that. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I see ministers going through hard times and attacks, you know, but for all this media stuff and this political realm will sometimes come against the truth you're preaching. But I mean, I'm comforted by men who will stand anyway with this boldness that they can receive by the grace of God. And again, grace doesn't come to us except through our faith in the cross. Amen. There's a lot of mean Christians out on the streets today. They're mean and they're not there drawing from the grace of God to be there. Hmm. He says in verse 23, peace be to the brethren and love with faith because it won't work without that. He has to say that with faith. Watch this. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, Paul desires the faithful in Christ Jesus to know that their father and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, continually offers peace and love toward them. But it is with faith the experience comes. I believe with all my heart, that's why Paul would open up many of his letters, grace be toward you. Grace be with you. If you believe what I'm writing, grace be with you because God's grace is God at work. God's grace is God doing something good for us we cannot do. That's what grace is. Grace saved us. God was saving us in his son on the cross. Grace teaches us. The book of Titus teaches us that grace teaches us well the Holy Spirit's God, he teaches us. The grace of God is God at work doing something good for us that we can't do ourselves. Amen. And grace is always seen effectually working in the lives of those who love the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Here it is in verse 24, and we're closing this book out with this verse. Grace be with all them. Well, who are them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity? Not in word, but in word and deed. Jesus taught that if you love me, you'll keep my words, my commandments. Jesus taught it's the man that keeps my word that builds his house on the rock. To sing Rock of Ages doesn't mean one thing unless your faith is in the cross. Because only as our faith is in the cross do we prove and can we find that sincerity of love. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said, We prove the sincerity of our love through our giving. You know, I was telling my wife Robin uh, just early this morning, uh, I said, you know what, and I don't know how tithing came up, I just sometimes am just, just sporadic, things will just come in, you know, and I, I said, you know what, those that don't tithe really, really they don't know this, but they're really telling God, you know what, Lord, I can't trust you with my money. I, 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 I've, got, I've got, I can't trust you with my money. God says, if you'll trust me with that tithe, I'll open the windows of heaven over your life. So many times we think we love the Lord, but we're not living according to his word. That's why the Holy Spirit said to us here through Paul, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. And that word means genuineness. I don't love the Lord because I say I love the Lord. I don't love the Lord because I tell Him I love Him. The Lord only sees my love being genuine for Him if I'm living according to His Word by faith. Amen, Brother Curtis. The Lord sees whether we love Him or not. You can fake us out all day long. however, Not really, because if we're not living for God, that proves. And I'm not talking about being perfect. We all need some help in lots of areas. But listen, there are those that are moving forward. There are, are those that are directing their lifestyle according to God's Word. Mm-hmm. Amen. And we're all hopefully growing in that. God's love for you can't grow. Because He is love and He offered Himself completely to you through His Son Jesus on the cross. But our love for Him can grow. But first we've got to make sure it's real. Our love for Him can only happen through my faith in the cross. And that love can only grow for Him if I keep my faith there in the cross because there grace is given to me and I can't grow in my love for Him without the grace. So I have to be genuine. I can't lie to myself. I can't lie about myself. I've got to be genuine. And things that need to be changed, I've got to allow Him to change me. Amen? Well, it's been a great teaching, Ch- six chapters in Ephesians. And uh, I tell you what, I'm just excited about going into Galatians. We, we won't even take a break. Next week, we'll start Galatians. They ain't no need to uh, take a break. Uh, we need to be learning. We need to be hearing the truth. And so next week, we'll be here teaching Galatians. Do me a favor. Don't just like the message. Share the message. Liking it's for you. Sharing it's for somebody else. Amen. Let the Lord give you boldness enough to share on your Facebook page. Share this teaching on your Facebook page. God bless you. We love you. And I pray the Lord give you much revelation and wisdom through what's happened in this one-year course on Ephesians. Praise God. We'll see you next week.